0: chapter four of on loving god by st bernard of clairvaux this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter four of those who find comfort in the recollection of god or are fittest for his love but it will be well to note what class of people takes comfort in the thought of god surely not that perverse and crooked generation to whom it was said woe unto you that are rich for ye have received your consolation rather those who can say with truth my soul refuseth comfort for it is meet that those who are not satisfied by the present should be sustained by the thought of the future and that the contemplation of eternal happiness should solace those who scorn to drink from the river of transitory joys that is the generation of them that seek the lord even of them that seek not their own but the face of the god of jacob to them that long for the presence of the living god the thought of him is sweetest itself but there is no satiety rather an ever-increasing appetite even as the scripture bears witness they that eat me shall yet be hungry and if the one and hungered spake when i awake up after thy likeness i shall be satisfied with it yea blessed even now are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they and only they shall be filled woe to you wicked and perverse generation woe to you foolish and abandoned people who hate christ's memory and dread his second advent well may you fear who will not now seek deliverance from the snare of the hunter because they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts in that day we shall not escape the dreadful sentence of condemnation depart from me ye cursed into everlasting fire Oh dreadful sentence indeed, O oh, hard saying! How much harder to bear than that other saying which we repeat daily in church in memory of the passion, whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life that signifies whoso honours my death and after my example mortifies his members which are upon the earth, shall have eternal life even as the apostle says if we suffer we shall also reign with him and yet many even today recoil from these words and go away saying by their action if not with their lips this is a hard saying who can hear it a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit cleaveth not steadfastly unto God, but chooseth rather to trust in uncertain riches. It is disturbed at the very name of the cross, and counts the memory of the passion intolerable. How can such sustain the burden of that fearful sentence, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels? on whomsoever that stone shall fall it will grind him to powder but the generation of the faithful shall be blessed since like the apostle they labor that whether present or absent they may be accepted of the lord at the last day they too shall hear the judge pronounce their award come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world in that day, those who set not their hearts aright will feel, too late, how easy is Christ's yoke, to which they would not bend their necks, and how light his burden, in comparison with the pains they must then endure. O oh, wretched slaves of mammon, you cannot glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, while you trust in treasures laid up on earth. You cannot taste and see how gracious the Lord is, while you are hungering for gold if you have not rejoiced at the thought of his coming that day will be indeed a day of wrath to you but the believing soul longs and faints for god she rests sweetly in the contemplation of him she glories in the reproach of the cross until the glory of his face shall be revealed like the bride the dove of christ that is covered with silver wings white with innocence and purity she reposes in the thought of thine abundant kindness lord jesus and above all she longs for that day when in the joyful splendour of thy saints gleaming with the radiance of the beatific vision her feathers shall be like gold resplendent with the joy of thy countenance rightly then she may exult his left hand is under my head and his right hand doth embrace me the left hand signifies the memory of that matchless love which moved him to lay down his life for his friends and the right hand is the beatific vision which he hath promised to his own and the delight they have in his presence the psalmist sings rapturously at thy right hand there is pleasure for evermore so we are warranted in explaining the right hand as that divine and deifying joy of his presence rightly too is that wondrous and ever-memorable love symbolized as his left hand upon which the bride rests her head until iniquity be done away for he sustains the purpose of her mind lest it should be turned aside to earthly carnal desires for the flesh wars against the spirit the corruptible body presseth down the soul and the earthly tabernacle weigheth down the mind that museth upon many things what could result from the contemplation of compassion so marvelous and so undeserved favor so free and so well attested kindness so unexpected clemency so unconquerable grace so amazing except that the soul should withdraw from all sinful affections reject all that is inconsistent with god's love and yield herself wholly to heavenly things no wonder is it that the bride moved by the perfume of these unctions runs swiftly all on fire with love yet reckons herself as loving all too little in return for the bridegroom's love and rightly since it is no great matter that a little dust should be all consumed with love of that majesty which loved her first and which revealed itself as wholly bent on saving her for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This sets forth the Father's love. But he hath poured out his soul unto death, was written of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit it is said, The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. It is plain, therefore, that God loves us and loves us with all his heart. For the Holy Trinity altogether loves us, if we may venture so to speak of the infinite and incomprehensible Godhead, who is essentially one. End of chapter 4